When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody. This is Travis Hobson of the Punch Drunk Critics, and this is Cinema Royale. Sorry for the delay. There were some technical difficulties that hopefully will not interfere with the rest of the show. Uh, yeah, this is what happens when you rely on technology a little too much. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to be joined by Matt Razak of Flixis to talk about Parker, the new film from Jason Statham, uh, the annual butt whoopathon, as I like to call it, from Jason Statham. Uh, Rocky Haddadi from Chesapeake Family Re- uh, Magazine will be calling in to talk about Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters and will also be joined by Matt Cohen of uh, Cinema, uh, Cinespec to talk about both of our trips to Park City and the Sundance Film Festival. I just got back a couple of days ago. It was an exhausting week of nothing but movies and snow and lots of really pretentious people and all sorts of other crap like that. But we're going to talk to him and just kind of go through what some of the winners and losers from the festival were. Um, But before we do that, Matt should be calling in in just a couple of minutes. Let's go ahead and listen to a clip from Parker. Here's the deal. Don't ask me any questions because I'm only going to tell you what I want to tell you. The man who calls himself Rodrigo took something from me. Some business with three other men. They're here for a robbery and they're going to use their house to lay low when they're done. So, you let them steal something. You steal it from them. I help you. And I get a commission. You're going to kill them, aren't you? I never said that, Leslie. You did. Civilized people need to follow rules. They're just going to put things right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's going to kill them all. I mean, just call it a hunch or anything. I hope I'm not spoiling that for anybody, but I, I think he's going to kill them all. Uh, I guess what, that's what Jason Statham does in these movies. He, he gets his revenge. He kills them all. Um... So we're going to be talking about that. That was probably not that. That was not typical of the film itself. Uh, there's a lot more uh, butt kicking and things like that going on in the movie. But that was one scene that has Statham um, sharing screen time with Jennifer Lopez, and she's obviously the biggest star he's ever had a chance to work with uh, in the female department. Usually, they, usually they find these nondescript but hot like models want to be actresses. Uh, to start opposite him because he's the guy who runs these movies. You don't need to see anybody else. You know, the chicks can be hot, but they don't need to do much else besides that. Jennifer Lopez brings a little bit more to the table. Uh, obviously, a lot of cachet, a lot of celebrity, uh, and she's a decent actress to boot. And, of course, 
she brings that marvelous butt with her as well, and they take no uh, they take no opportunity uh, they take every opportunity to uh, to show it uh, as often as possible in this movie. But uh, Matt Ray's actually calling it in just a second, and we're going to be talking about this movie a little bit, and then we're going to talk about Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting, interesting show. At least if you're a fan of action movies. And I think this is Matt calling in right here. Matt Razak, is that you? It is me. <laughs> this is Matt Razak of Flixus calling in for the second time in two shows. I, know, I like that. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm having some technical issues here on the show this week, so I'm hoping I don't get cut off or anything. But uh, if I do, just hang on, and I'll be back in a second. Uh, so yeah, just just kind of like I was saying, this is this is what happens when you rely on technology too much. If there's a if there's a glitch, then you're screwed. Um, but anyway, uh, we're gonna be talking about Parker, uh, which is the new film from Jason Statham, stars uh, Jennifer Lopez along with them. And I was just commenting on how she's by far the best co-star, co-female lead he's ever had. Yeah. Um, he's they usually stick him with these nondescript models. Uh, to kind of just look good and not really do much, but uh, but she's the best he's ever had by far. Uh, and this film is this is it's based on the the Don Westlake novels, and a lot of people don't realize that um, the character Parker uh, has been in like something like fifteen or sixteen novels written by Don Westlake, uh, and he's been on screen a bunch of times uh, in the movie Payback with Mel Gibson, uh, Point Blank, uh, which I think was Lee Marvin. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he's a character that we all know. But if you watch the, the commercials or trailers, you wouldn't know that necessarily. No. Uh, and Parker's basically just a, a ex-con, um, who has his own code, uh, gets screwed by a bunch of by a bunch of guys he's working with, uh, led by uh, Michael Chiklis, and uh, and goes seeking revenge, goes seeking his cut that he was supposed to get. Um, but what I want to know from you, Matt Rizek, is is this just another Jason Statham movie, or is there something more to it this time that that will uh, appeal to appeal to people and, and and you know and kind of be something different than what we're used to? I think they were trying to make it something more, uh, with, especially with the character of Parker, who's, who's sort of really dark and edgy. Yeah, um, and I think Statham thought it was something more, but I don't <laughs> think it turned out to be anything more. Right. Um, there's a lot of stuff there where you're like, oh, this could be really cool, and then you just get a cruddy action sequence or <laughs> horrible dialogue or something like that, and it's sort of like, oh, you just made it a state of movie, you know, a bad state mm-hmm. of movie. There are good states of movies, obviously. Um, you know, I think I think it was, he saw it, they saw it as sort of, you know, another bank job, which has more to it good in movie. the background, but it just wasn't really there. Movie. Yeah. Bank Job is a really solid film. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah. So for me, it just it, it just felt like a just another Statham movie, and not even a good one at that. Um, it just, it, especially, and I'm not sure where they got that storyline because it's it's not from the book. <laughs> you know, it's like it's one of those <laughs> adapted with quotes around it. Oh where, yeah, it's it's um, very loosely based. But I actually enjoyed this one though. I mean, and I'm a big huh. fan. Of, I'm a big fan of Statham, and I think his movies are actually getting better. Over the last couple of years, which is which is weird because the current trend is that his movies are performing worse at yeah. the box office, which to me is, is is weird because his movies have actually gotten better. I thought Safe was really good last year. Um, I thought The Mechanic was great a couple of years ago, and uh, and I really like this one as well. And and yeah, it's it's a very economical film. We kind of know what's what's happening to it, what's happening in it. But I I like that that it, that it kind of has it it, it goes to a, a few different locations. Uh, and in one, in the first location, Parker is very much in his element. You know, he's in this sort of gun culture. He's in the Midwest. Everybody's sort of kind of a little bit rough around the edges. And then he has to go to Florida, where it's sort of upscale and and people are different. People are smarter. People use their wits, not violence, to uh, to 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 get what they want. And he doesn't fit in at all. And that that's just so totally not him. And I kind of like the fact that he has to adapt and do different things. Now, granted, putting on a cowboy hat and, and trying to have a southern twang 
wasn't that exactly. was the worst Tyson accent. <laughs> I have no idea why they did that. <laughs> well, they did it. Be, they did it. Be, you know, to have a little bit of humor thrown in there too. And, I guess, but <laughs> but uh, but at least they didn't. I mean, it wasn't totally believable within the story either. You know. Yeah. And so I mean, so I, I kind of. So I was able to kind of get around it and just kind of chuckle at it and be like one of the characters in the movie and be like, you don't really seem like a, <laughs> like a oil man from Cuba or wherever he was, supposed to, right. like Ecuador or wherever he was supposed to be from. Like, none of this stuff makes sense. So I kind of was able to get around that and have fun with it and, and just look forward to the next time you have to punch somebody in the face. I did think they handled the punch a lot of the punching in the face really well, especially mm-hmm. the the last sequence, which wasn't just a bunch of flying bullets, but was sort of like just right. a, some really tense moments back to back with him going in the house and everything. Uh, and so I thought they handled a lot of that really well, but as a, it just had too many, too much sort of action leanings and not enough sort of uh, I, I don't, a more in-depth Stuff. The, would you, would you prefer the, to be more like the? I mean, because the the Westlake books, and I've, I've read a couple of them, but the Westlake Westlake books are really crime noirs. I mean, they're they're yeah. you know they're and these are and this one and they they really did kind of turn it into this into your standard issue Jason Statham movie. Uh, would you rather get kind of stuck with the way the books were? That's that's what I was hoping for too. I think Payback is a really underrated movie, um, mm-hmm. and it's just a lot of fun to watch and. Both, both the original and they did the crazy director's cut that's like a third different movie but mm. and that's sort of what I was expecting out of or hoping to see out of this was sort of a darker edge and a crime thriller with a little bit of Jason Statham shooting and punching people but right. it leaned more towards the heist movie um, than the crime yeah. thriller yeah. Uh, and so you know part of that was probably a little disappointment on my part that they didn't go with the thriller um you know, complex plot and interweaving things. It went more with the heights kind of thing. Yeah, I, I was really interested in the dynamic between him and Jennifer Lopez because she she really doesn't play the character you expect her to play. Yeah. Her character is very different in this movie. She's not really uh, Parker's love interest in this movie, although there's that there's that inkling of something possibly happening between the mm-hmm. two of them. It's uh, it's it's never it doesn't play out the way you'd expect it to. Uh, it's, a, it's a very different sort of role for her, and I thought she was solid in it. You know, she 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 uh, she gets a chance to show her comedic chops a little bit, and I thought she 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 is a good comedic actress when she wants to be. Um, but I really did like her in this, and I like their their chemistry as awkward as it is in this movie. I really did enjoy it. I was surprised. That was the best aspect of the movie for me as well, Jennifer Lopez and their interaction. Um, mm-hmm. I thought I was I was actually surprised. I thought she she made a role which wasn't which was okay into a into a really good role where she yeah. you know she actually nailed some lines that could have been incredibly cheesy uh, especially yeah. during the more emotional parts there were some lines where I was like that works because she she did it well and not because it was a really good line uh yeah. so I was I was very surprised and really pleased with her performance I actually you know hope she gets more roles off of this not I doubt it's going to be a huge hit um yeah, I don't know what the numbers are over the weekend, but uh, you know. seven million. Yeah. <laughs> it made seven yeah. million, which is not yeah. good at all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in fact, it's even less than what Safe made last year. Safe made seven point nine. So, uh, like I said, the the trend is continuing that uh, it's all going down over Jason Statham. But I think the problem with that is that they only market these movies in the exact same way. Yeah, I mean they're not all exactly the same but they market them exactly the same. So you get the exact same people who come to these movies. And I think that was probably as big a mistake with this movie as it ever has been for a Statham flick, because this one is not exactly like the other ones. I didn't feel like the mechanic was exactly like the other ones either, but, uh, right. but they market them that way. And I think that's, no. it's sad that they do that. Yeah, every every movie since The Transport has been The Transporter, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in, in the trailer. Thing. And they really, I, I don't know, you know, they shouldn't... I, I guess he can't really change how they market them, but maybe he should be looking into some roles. Maybe he can't get cast in other roles, but looking into some roles that, you know, go back more towards bank job or, you know, even further back, back Mm -hmm. to match where, you know, he's more dramatic um, without 
flying fists and guns everywhere. Hey, I don't know if anybody wants to see that from him, though. I, I mean, I, I wrote in my review that nobody pays to see Jason Statham Shakespeare. Nobody wants right. to see that, you know, and it's because they don't. They want to see him. They want to see him do exactly what he does in this movie, or Safe, or or any of his other mini films where he does the same thing. They want that's what they want to see. They want to see him beat people up and look cool and and uh, <laughs> and all that stuff. So I, I you know, I, I, I imagine that uh, the next thing we'll see from him is in an expend, uh, another Expendables movie or something. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would like to see him try and branch out a little bit more too. Maybe not, maybe not go full on drama, but like you said. Maybe something similar to the bank job, which is less action, more suspense. Right. He may be able to pull that off. And uh, you know, it doesn't have to be. Maybe, uh, if I was managing his career, I'd say, why don't you take some roles that are you know supporting or secondary in movies that aren't action? You know, he did. Or, he, he, he did that in London. Right. That didn't right. how that turned out. Well, that's, yeah, okay. <laughs> I know, that was a long time Sorry. ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long uh, time ago, and that's a bad movie, yeah. at least in my opinion. So, right. Yeah. So, you know, find, like, two <laughs> key roles that sort of establish that. You know, like when when some big actor is trying to branch out, that's what they find, like, an indie movie somewhere, and they do three of them, and then all of a sudden they've got cred, and they can go off and make the, uh, the movie they want to make or something. So. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him hook up with, like, Gareth uh, Gareth Evans. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And make like the Raid 3 or something like that and be in... That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like to see him hook up with something to do something like that. And, uh... That that would be a, a, a kind of a change of pace for him too to do something that's full blown action like that. And right. Well, a little bit different. Yeah, his last ones have sort of you know there's sort of like this mix where you get a lot, a lot some action but not like all out transporter action. Right. You know, and so maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe he just needs to take his shirt off, start punching people again. Yeah, I mean, what's, I mean, are they still making Crank Three? I know there was all that talk about it for a while. Well, I, possibly going to, but I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about that for months, at least. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if I really want them to do another Crank movie. To be honest, uh, I, I yeah. like the first one. The second was the second one was just a little too far out. Yeah, it was it was all over the place. I I, I love the first one. The first one was I, I think. Fantastic, but yeah, the second one I was sort of sitting there like, okay, you you sort of got sequelitis here, where you're like, everything's going to be bigger and more exciting, but when you have a movie that's like actually on crack, yeah, then bigger and more exciting is way too much. <laughs> well, you know what would have been great for him, uh, going back to what you're saying with him taking a supporting role, if he had taken like the, the Fast and Furious offer that was made to him a while back, or the uh, yeah. or the Transformers rumor that we don't know if it's ever legit or not. You know, he denied it, but we don't know if it was legit or for real. Those would have been great moves for him. I, yeah. I think he's he's capable of carrying a franchise on his own with the proper backing. You know, I think he's he's the kind of hero, you know, like Stallone used to be, like Bruce Willis used to be. He could mm-hmm. be that guy now because Lord knows we need one because I'm tired of seeing right. Stallone and, and Willis and Schwarzenegger try to come back. I don't want to see them anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see them anymore. They look pathetic. Yeah. I want. I'd rather be Jason Statham. He's like the most believable guy, other than like Terry Crews in The Expendables. You know, oh, yeah. I want to see him doing these kinds of movies again, not those old guys. Right. <laughs> I could. But, I could uh, live with him, and 
him and uh, The Rock teaming up for oh, something that would be. be awesome. They're basically my two. I, it's they're my two people who are like like you're saying. Should I feel like should replace the old action heroes? Yeah, but for some reason their careers haven't careened into massive blockbuster movies. You know. Yeah. It, Little, no, I mean, The Rock's got Pain and Gain coming up, so maybe that'll be something. But it's, it's yeah. a little weird where you're like, these are the guys who should replace the guys, and they're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'd like to see, and maybe we should start working on a screenplay now. They do a, a Contra adaptation with Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson. Oh, man, yes. <laughs> How bad is that? Would that would be awesome. I think I'm gonna start working on the script tonight. As soon as the Royal Rumble goes off, <laughs> I'm gonna start on script. It'll be like 30 pages. There ain't gonna be a whole lot of dialogue. Just be... <laughs> Remember level six? That's page eight. You know. That's yeah. what it's like. <laughs> it's literally only like 20 minutes of dialogue, and then the rest is action sequences. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they would make the most badass team ever. I would kill to see that. <laughs> oh, they, I, I think with the, you know they, they're two different kind of styles, uh, yeah. fighting wise and well, acting wise and everything. I think they'd be fantastic. <laughs> I think they'd be awesome. So it sounds like I liked. Uh, sounds like I liked Parker a little bit more than you did, but we both had yeah. high hopes for Jason Statham <laughs> in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, I appreciate you calling in, man. Uh, what you guys got going on over there at Flixus right now? Uh, we are actually about to, in the next few weeks, we're going to kick off our awards. We do them a bit later, uh, a matchup with the Academy Awards. And so people who can't see press screenings, you know, we have writers who don't have access, um, can catch up. Uh, so we're actually going to have our awards up in the next few weeks. So, uh, you know, check, check those out and then reviews and news as usual. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you calling in kind of last second for me uh, to come in here and do this. I appreciate it. It's always good talking to you. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, I will see you at a screening soon. Yes, definitely. Talk to you later. All right, later. All right, that was Matt Razak from Flixus, and uh, we're going to be joined by Rocky Haddadi of Chesapeake Family Magazine in just a minute, and we're going to talk about uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. So we'll be right back. Rocky Haddadi of uh, Chesapeake Family Magazine. How are you doing, Rocky? I'm good. I'm planning whether I want to watch the SAGs or not. So that's my big Ugh. decision of the weekend. Ugh, I'm, I'm skipping it. I don't care about the SAG Awards. I, I just let it go. I'm going to watch Royal Rumble tonight and watch uh, The Rock go up against CM Punk. That's my evening. Yeah, I mean, there's this part of me that's like, I mean, ultimately they're totally, like, they're totally meaningless. They might even mm. more be more meaningless than the Golden Globes. But there is something to be said for sitting on my couch and just watching TV for like three hours. So, but if you do, if you watch the SAGs, you're not going to do anything but tweet and post about it. Yeah, that's true. And I know you that's don't want to do that. Too. Yeah, it's like there's this part that it's like you can't watch them without then posting your reactions for every right. person to know. So maybe I just won't. It would be nice. It would be like a little I, break. 
I think it's probably in your best interest to not watch the SAGs and just wait for the wait for the the, the full list of winners to come out later tonight and just kind of take it easy. Right, like not even the and the thing is like I don't even care about who wins really. I just want to see the outfits and I could very well just do that tomorrow. With, like, <laughs> They're gonna wear the same fight they wear at because they tend to wear and say the same things at these yeah. awards. I, I would just wait. Right. You, you'll you'll get to see what they wore. They save the really good shit for the Oscars anyway. So. That's true. Well, see, the thing is, like, part of me was like, won't they be trash tonight, and then won't they say things that are funnier? But then at the same time, it's like, if they're trash, that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be hilarious. And I don't right. even know who hosts it. Do they even have a host? What's the I, point of I watching if there's no host? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I know. It's certainly not anybody a host I care about. But I do know that TBS keeps talking about Busy Phillips doing something. It's like she's live tweeting or something. Oh, Busy is hosting it. So is she hosting the whole thing? Yeah, she's oh, that's hosting awful. the whole I thing, I think. I don't want to see that, then. Okay. Well, yeah, you definitely. don't. I kind of I love her. I kind of mm-hmm. do. But I don't love her she, enough to watch it, though. She's cute. I, I certainly think she's cute, but I don't. She has become cute. I don't love she her being cute, cute. freaks and geeks. She was she not always not cute, cute back true. then. She's yeah. cute enough to be on Cougar Town. So and they're not going to let any dogs on Cougar Town. But they, like, amp up her cuteness on that, right? Because she's, like, the trashy one. I think so. I don't really watch the yeah. show. I watch the commercials, which run nice. ad nauseum on that channel. Like yeah, I can't do. watch an hour of Seinfeld without forty commercials for Cougar Town. And reminding you how much Courtney Cox has like ruined her face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was spent six minutes talking about everything but Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, which is probably go it, for probably it. it. Segway in. <laughs> Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters uh, stars. The franchise dude, Jeremy Renner. I think this is his ninth franchise that he's, uh, that he's in charge maybe? of. maybe? Who knows? Yeah, something knows? like that. And he's teaming up with Gemma Arterton, who is still, in my opinion, the hottest Bond girl ever, even though she's not technically a Bond girl. Cause she's, yeah, you should really abandon that one. opinion. That's I still consider opinion. her one. I consider her a Bond girl anyway. But uh, and, and they play the, the title says it all. They play Hansel and Gretel, the fairy tale kids, who are now yeah. grown up, got some badass weapons and some some like vintage Matrixy shoots uh, suits, uh, and they yeah. go up against they go up against witches, uh, one of whom an all powerful one led by Famke Jansen. Uh, this is directed by Tommy Workola, who did who uh, did a movie called Dead Snow a few years ago that I really did like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a Nazi zombie horror movie that was kind of kind of kitschy and funny and silly. This one is is kind of the same. It's silly and stupid, and has a lot of really over the top violence and action. And I thought I was going to loathe it because, sure enough, the studio punted it up and down the schedule like a football mm-hmm. for like the last year, trying to find a place where it wouldn't get slaughtered by everything else. And it seems mm-hmm. like they found the right weekend because there's nothing else coming out this week. And uh, surprisingly, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. It, uh, uh, I did. No, I seriously, uh, it had a few clever, clever bits to it. It's kind of straightforward. There's not a whole lot of complexity to it. But uh, it's just kind of fun to me to watch them kill witches for an hour and a half. I don't see the I don't problem. know. I mean, I, I feel like my biggest problem, I had like a variety of problems. But I thought <laughs> my biggest problem was that it could, it could have been way funnier. Mm-hmm. And I thought that it went kind of for the funny. I mean, because Jerry Renner, like, 80% of what he does is sarcastic aside. So, right. like, I think that they had, like, enough of those. But I felt like it was really weirdly placed within the otherwise story. Like, I thought it could have been way funnier if they had, like, done more with them mocking the witches or something. But there was this part mm-hmm. of me that just felt like it worked really hard for the R rating in a way that didn't feel necessary. Like I felt like, like I felt like, yeah, there was like a lot of blood and there were a lot of action scenes, but like, eh, there wasn't anything cool that happened. That there just happened to be a lot of blood. I, Do you I, know what I mean? I, like, no, there's just, I, I felt like there was this forcefulness, and then the like, how much they thought the movie was cool kept me from actually thinking it was cool. I don't know. I I disagree with that. I, I felt like. Uh, in terms of cool stuff that happened, and I love the troll who would just splatter people's heads. You know, because I, right. I, I don't so, know what. So I, no, I no, love... that's my point. The troll was like the only thing that I enjoyed because a, it reminded me of like Super Mario World, like the movie yeah. Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers. But anyway, like that kind of like 
puppetry because it's clearly not CGI. Right. So, like, there's something about that that was, like, really cool and felt, like, low budget and, like, amusing. Yeah, I, I love like, the, the, practica- the practical effects to a lot of the degree are really good. The, the blood was yeah. all CGI, it certainly seemed to be to me. And there was right. a ton of it. And, and I didn't mind that so much after a while. I thought that it kind hmm. of... Because because I agree with you that a lot of the dialogue isn't as catchy and as as uh, as funny as they probably hoped it would be. Although Jeremy Renner does pull off a few a, a few cool lines. Uh, yeah. he, he's more of the jokester, whereas Gimme Origins sort of serious in the movie. But um, yeah, but I but I, I like that aspect. I think that the the, the over the top violence kind of made up for it. It kind of filled I don't know. In the gaps Maybe I guess just like I just didn't think there was anything about it that was outstanding. So to me, like while watching it, there were so many things that I thought like, oh, this could have been cooler, oh, or this could have been better, as opposed to like this was cool. You know, like while watching it, I felt like there's like a certain awareness of how things could have been done differently and better. And this might just be because of how long it was held, but there was a part of it that just felt dated. Like I wonder if they like made it and then like actually waited a year without doing anything, you know? But I felt like you know, when you have, like, a year to, like, change things, maybe you should go back and change some things. Just. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't feel like they needed to go back and change all that much. I really did enjoy kind of the interaction between uh, them and, and Famke Jansen. I think she just makes a terrific villain all the time. I, I, she right. has That's the look for it, the voice for it. And she's clearly just so, having so much fun. Right. She's so good at being evil and conniving, and that's, like, the one thing that she, like, has done wonderfully consistently in her career. So there was this part that was, like, you could do so much more with her, like, as a bad guy, as opposed to just, well, I don't want to, like, spoil it for people, but I just felt like her role as a villain didn't actually allow her to do much. So I felt like it would have been cooler if she had been able to do more stuff. Like, if she maybe had, like, a bigger role in, like, torturing them or fighting with them or, like, if she tried to seduce Hansel. Like, I just felt like there were a lot of different things that she could have done that they didn't, like, let her do. She I'm, I'm kind of the glad guy. they left that. I'm kind of glad they left stuff like that out of it, though. This, this, really? this, doesn't, seem, this, doesn't, no, I, this doesn't seem like the movie that's built for too much nuance and complexity. It, it just doesn't seem like it's... It, it's sturdy enough for that. I think there's just enough to her character to keep her interesting. She does have sort of a, a tie to their past that they that we know about, but they don't really dig mm. into too deeply because I don't really want I don't really want them to. And clearly, Tommy Workola didn't want them to wouldn't want to do that. Either. No, but I don't I necessarily like mean. But I don't necessarily mean that like we should explain everything about her backstory. I just mean like in the present narrative of mm-hmm. the movie, she like didn't mm-hmm. do that much. But I kind of like that they also introduce, they kind of, if they want to do sequels, which I don't think there will be a sequel unless it's straight to DVD, but if they wanted to do more, they kind of set the groundwork for this. This this does kind of feel like a bit of a setup movie to me, like Mm -hmm. just the introduction to Hansel and Gretel. Like you get this introduction of the the White Witches and some Mm -hmm. revelations about them. Like if they wanted to go broader in the next movie, they could off that. There's things that they've set up that if they wanted to do that, they could. And I feel like maybe they, they, uh, they could have done more with that in this movie too. I agree with you there, but um, but overall, I'm well, kind of glad. Well, that's kind of interesting. Like, I hadn't really thought of the fact that like it could all just be like a frame for the future. There are things that like they could have done interestingly, like if they wanted to fill it in later on. I guess that's fair. It's just one of those things that you're watching it that you're like, this won't get a sequel. So you could have done more at the time. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was just a, a, an enjoyable 80, 90 minute movie for me. And it was part of a double header. I saw that 
followed by movie 43. And well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, this was the far more enjoyable of the two. So, uh, yeah, and far fewer people walked that. out. Far fewer people walked out of this movie than walked out of movie. Right, that's years. the thing. Like, I wouldn't have like walked out of this. It wasn't too okay. The thing is, I guess how I would explain it is that I gave it a really low review. But honestly, like, it wasn't offensively bad. It mm-hmm. was more like disappointing because they could have done more with the concepts. But it wasn't one of those things where you're watching it where you're like. Why did I do this to myself? It's more, it was more just like, oh, so this is what's happening. Okay. You know, right. like, it wasn't like one of those things that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life with no. you regretting how much you paid for it. No. It, it's just no. one of those movies. It'll be a background noise movie for me. It'll be one of those movies mm-hmm. that I'll, I'll have on while I'm working, and I can occasionally glance over, see something silly, and then kind of move on. But uh, yeah. it, it, it's fun enough. I don't think if you go see it this weekend, you're going to be regretful of it. You'll you'll have, you'll have a good time, and then you'll move on and do something else. But, right, you'll uh, do whatever. It, Pay six dollars for it, and then you'll be fine. Right, and, but I'll say that I didn't expect it to even reach that level. So in that, I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, Rocky, I'm glad you called in. No problem. Me, and I will have you back on soon. Sounds good. I'm gonna go maybe watch the SAG Awards. I think I'm gonna. I can't. I can't uh, stop. I'm all right. Sorry. Well, I'll I'll follow your tweets while I'm watching the Royal Rumble. Okay. Then. All right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> later. Hi. All right, that was Rocky Haddadi of uh, Chesapeake Family Magazine. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Matt Cohen of Cinespec to talk about Sundance Film Festival. Uh, we'll be right back in just a moment. That was a, I, I'm gonna I, I'm I'm gonna assume that nobody knows what that music is from. It's from a video game that I really really love as a kid. Matt Cohen, do you know what music that that music is? Do you know what that uh, what game that music is from? I do not. You got me there. <laughs> it's from a video game called Rival Schools. Uh, came out. Ah. Mm, I don't know, maybe a decade, fifteen years ago. It's a fighting game that I really love. And that was always my ah. favorite video game music. I never evolved much past N64 when it came to video games. Oh. Fruitvale, and I had to explain that I didn't see it, which really sucked. 
because it's the one everybody's talking about right now. But yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> it's, I like I went to Sundance with all these movies. I didn't even see the like most buzz about one. But how do you pre- that's the thing about Sundance? It's it's so hard to predict which yep. movies are going to be like the next Beast of the Southern Wild and which are just yep. going to be like a you know a dud. You don't know until you're there on the ground. I mean, when I was there yeah. last year, the movie like, like you said, Beast of the Southern Wild. I hadn't really heard squat about it until I got there. And when I got there, everybody was talking about it. And by then, it was too late for me to even try to get a ticket. I mean, it was, yeah, because the the P and I screening was over, and there was just no chance of me getting into a public. And that's kind of what happened with Fruitvale. Although I think the Sundance crew might have screwed up our screening. Yeah, um, I mean, that, it, it, it seemed like yeah. Well, I, well, I don't even remember when the P and I screening was, but it seemed like it was later. So there was like no real buzz about it, and then. Like, the day before we left, everyone was like, Fruitvale, you got to see it. Yeah, the screening I went to, the P&I for it, um, I got there an hour in advance. And it was, the line was long, but I had been in longer. Yeah. And and I expected to get in there. And there were some other guys with me that I was talking to that were expecting to get in there. And then when we didn't get in, we were like, what? And then we kind of heard afterwards that they kind of lit, I think they probably lit too many volunteers in, probably lit too many VIPs in. And so all the press and industry that were in line just kind of got screwed. Yeah. So, yeah, so I blame Sundance for that one. But uh, you saw some other movies that uh, that I did not get a chance to see. Uh, one of those is Don John's Addiction, uh, Joseph yes. directorial debut. That one got picked up by Relativity Media for $4 million. Uh What was your opinion of Don John's Addiction? Was it is it worth the money that got shelled out for it? I think so, yeah. I think it's, uh, I mean, with Jessica and Levitt's directorial debut, there's a lot of hype around it. But it was, a, it was a really funny, charming movie, which was surprising considering it's about one man's porn addiction. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever been, like, so, like, charmed by a guy who's addicted to porn. But uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a really good effort by JGL for, uh, for a first movie. I was really impressed by it. That's cool. I, I, it's, I was really upset that I didn't get a chance to see it, but yeah. I had to make yeah. the decision. I had to make that because yeah. I, I compare the kind of the, the Sundance schedule to like one great big puzzle, and you got to kind of find oh, yeah. all the pieces, and you got to make choices, and some of those choices really stink. And yeah, that day I had to choose yeah. Don John's or or the Spectacular Now. Um, yeah, which I I ended up seeing because I missed the T and I for that. I ended up seeing later, and that was one of my favorites at the festival. That yeah. was horrific. Yeah, and that Tacoma Award as well uh, last night uh, yeah. for stars Miles Teller and Shailene Woodley, both deserved. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And that film was also picked up, uh, ironically, by the same company that's printing out Spring Breakers and the Bling Ring. So I think we kind of <laughs> know where yeah. that studio is headed in terms yeah. of what kind of movies they want to put out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but the. Uh, this particular now, uh, the second film from James Ponsolt. Uh, I agree with you. I, I was actually in, absolutely in love with this film. Uh, I was, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the thing about Sundance, I mean, this is my first year going, and it sort of seems like a cliche that they would have a bunch of these, you know, coming-of-age dramedies, uh, and I felt like I saw a lot, but they were all really terrific. And the Spectacular Now was the one that really sort of, jumped out at me because it, it was uh it, it felt really sincere and um yeah. and, and heartfelt the way he sort of handled the characters in it yeah no i totally agree with you and it, the thing about these festivals it's hard not to get into that festival mood where you want to give you want to give everything the benefit of the doubt you want to look at everything and, and everything seems great you know what i mean yeah. you're just kind of in that festival atmosphere and i had to yep. break myself out of that last year I think I gave movies higher scores than they probably deserved last year because I was just you're, you're kind of just like this. Yeah. I'm in here that's when everything's awesome, and it's not always true. Uh, yeah. but, but, but then year, there's the dark. Yeah, there's the dark side towards the end when you're really tired and you want it to end, and you just start giving everything bad grades because you're so burnt out. Right. right. <laughs> the alternative. Yeah, you're just like, oh man, just. I'm done with this. Just it was kind of like that last one. day, and you and I were talking during that last day, and uh, yeah. And two of the movies I saw on that last day were were not very good, and oh. I, I actually did think about it. It's like, is it me or are these last movies not good? Maybe I am just kind of burned out because we yeah. both saw Lovelace, and I don't think either one of us really liked Lovelace. Uh, no, that was the most boring much. movie. 
Yeah, it wasn't very good. Um, yeah. And the the very last movie for me that I saw was Magic Magic. Uh, with, uh, Which I didn't see. Right. But I've the heard mixed the negative things about. Yeah, it's not it's not as good as Crystal Fairy, which I think we both saw. We both saw Crystal yeah, Fairy. Yeah, I loved and, Crystal Fairy. Right, and I like Crystal Fairy as well. Crystal Fairy was the first movie I saw. Um, uh, road trip movie. Uh, Michael Sarah plays a really boorish kind of a, a really boorish American drug insufferable American insufferable. character. He's like Absolutely. so unlikable in that movie. So unlikable. And in Magic Magic, you know, Magic Magic, he plays a guy who's equally insufferable. But his his uh, his problems come from a different place. I mean, he's he's clearly hiding something, or there's something he's trying to keep out of people's. He doesn't want people to realize about him. And it, it's a it's a film that um, I think has uh, Sebastian Silva, who directed both films. Uh, he clearly has uh, a, a vision for what he wants to do, but it just the characters are not developed enough to make us care about them. But uh, in terms of the, out of the two films, Crystal Fairy is by far the more successful. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, a high note to kick off the festival. I think it was the second one I saw right after uh, May in the summer, which was like a just a really bland, run-of-the-mill like indie comedy. So it was, mm-hmm. it was good to end the first day with Crystal Fairy on that sort of going into the festival with a op- enthusiasm and optimism. And it yeah. did mostly, yeah, it mostly stayed that way. Yeah, um, you had a chance to see one of the movies that I, another movie I did not get a chance to see that a lot of people were talking about. Um, I don't know if it'll ever get distribution; probably won't. But that is Escape from Tomorrow. Oh, uh, Escape from tell, Tomorrow! Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about Escape from Tomorrow. I know about it, but I want to hear what your, your your description of it and what your thoughts on it were. I mean, the best thing I can describe it as is like a David Lynch fever dream. It's. Hmm. Uh, it's it, it started it's, first of all like it's it shot all on low budget film stock black and white uh, but the controversy is it was illegally shot in the premises of Disney World right. um, guerrilla style uh, which is like something of a miracle that they are able to pull that off but um, basically it's this very surreal movie that follows this family of four on their last day of vacation. Um, the father at the end of the movie just finds out that he's been laid off, and he decides to ignore it and just go on the rest of the day, not during the family vacation. Uh, and it's him, his wife, and their two small children. And as it, it sort of begins, he sees these two, like, uncomfortably young French girls that he, like, immediately is attracted to in like a very uncomfortable manner and so he's sort of like navigating his family through the theme park following them and as the movie progresses he starts hallucinating and seeing like devilish images and sort of the the characters in disney world turn into these like maniacal creatures (laughs) and he can't tell like real or not and it's just like as the movie goes on it just becomes more and more bizarre and and wow. just goes off the rail. Uh, like, there's, like, Disney princesses that are, like, you know, they're hinting at pedophilia with with Disney Yikes. princesses. There's just, now, I mean, who, it just goes completely off the, the rails. Who directed Escape from Tomorrow? Um, I can't remember at the top of my head. Um, I believe, let me see. Oh, Randy, is it Randy Moore? Yeah, Randy Moore, that's right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, I just saw that there was a, a uh, sort of an IndieWire interview with him about uh, the distribution and, and sort of uh, the way they made it. One pretty funny anecdote, they asked him how he got away with this. He said mm-hmm. he, he didn't know. Uh, he was out there. They had a crew of, like, you know, like almost a dozen people riding, like, the teapot ride 12 times right. in a row with cameras, and no one said anything. So... I think I've heard a, that there's a possibility of Disney maybe suing his ass. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's there's been some interesting articles about uh, you know whether they have a case or not. A lot of people don't yeah. think they have a case, but they think they can tie them up in court enough that it just won't be the, the movie will never know. come out. Yeah, but It'll I think it's it's definitely generated enough buzz, and there's sort of uh, become that huge cult appeal about it where it's going to be something like a, a, a lost film and 
people are going to be, the more sort of buzz and lawsuits come, the more people are going to want to see it. And they'll find a way to see it. And yeah, no, it'll you know, they'll find a way. Yeah. It'll it'll probably play at some other festivals. Yeah, it was definitely one of the year. most uh, bizarre experiences of the festival, though. But it was terrific. <laughs> I, I really want to see that one. Um, another film that got picked up this uh, this week, uh, I think, got the biggest pickup was The Way Way Back, which got bought yeah. for ten million dollars. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I was looking at all the acquisitions, and that mm-hmm. one was like far beyond the price any of the other ones were. It was like yeah. it beat up the the last one by like six million. Um yeah. which is no, I liked the way way back. I thought it was very good. But uh I don't think it's worth ten million dollars. Uh I don't know. I I don't know. See the thing is and uh the way way back is sort of a, a coming of age story. I compared it to Adventureland uh, in my review because yeah. it's a lot like that Definitely. kind of a, Coming of age, a nostalgic coming of age story set around an amusement. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Spark. Um, it was directed by Jim Rash and Nat Faction, who won the uh, Oscar last year for the Descendants uh, screenplay. Uh, very smart, very funny film. I, when you and I talked about it immediately after, I said, there's nothing really special about it. It's just good. No, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, just a, a very, yeah. I mean, it's a but, very sort of just, feel-good, coming-of-age dramedy. Yeah. yeah. It's a good um, movie. There's nothing that really stands out except for maybe Steve, Steve Carell doing something he's never done before, playing a character yeah, playing that you really, really hate, and, and yeah. Sam Rockwell, who's almost always fantastic. But yeah. um, but other than that, it's nothing special about it. And yet, I think it's probably the most easily marketable film at some yeah. I, I think that's probably why they're willing to sell, spend so much, it's because it's such an easy sell. It's I mean you can just, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean the, I I would agree with that. I think uh, I think uh, sort of the ten million bid is um, they probably could have snatched it up for you know about half that. But yeah, I you know it, I think it will do well. I, I could see it being released in the summer and be sort of a, a highly buzzed summer indie movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if yeah, it's too early to tell if there's going to be conversation around it uh, come award season next year. But with with the, the Academy Award winning directors Jim Rash and Nate Pack, then um, it it could be. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, we also had a chance to check out Before Midnight, which I think is probably the movie people were um, most yeah. worried about going into this, and and for good reason. I I'm somebody who came to the Before Sunrise Before Sunset party a little bit late. Um, but once I did see them, I fell in love with them, and I had oh, yeah. much, I had as much worry about this one being a uh, a stinker as anybody. Um, totally. And, yeah, and I, I'll just say without going too deep into it because I, I know we'll talk about it eventually when it yeah. comes out. But uh, I'll just say that those people don't have much to worry about. That's all. No, I agree. Movies still enjoy it. It's hardest to to review because you can't give any bit of the plot away without spoiling it for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I that was actually I did a I did a poll on IndieWire for like the top uh, movies of Sundance and and that was my number one. I thought mm-hmm. it was a, a perfect movie, satisfied on all levels. Um, yeah. I couldn't think of how they could have done that better. It was yeah. it was just a perfect perfect film. I, I I totally agree with you there. Uh, what were some of your uh, biggest surprises, uh, biggest disappointments uh, from Sundance this year? Um, biggest surprises. Um, I let's see. I I had I went in the uh, the only walkout I had was this movie Ass Backwards, which I had kind of high <laughs> hopes for. Yeah, uh, it's got a good cast. Yeah, Casey Wilson and June Diane Raphael are two very very funny. Uh, funny comedians, and uh, it, it was so bad. Uh, I walked out after 40 minutes. It was just like this cheap uh, Romy Michelle knockoff that was just Ugh. so annoying. Maybe if it wasn't after 
seeing four other movies, I probably would have stuck around, but <laughs> I just, like, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, I was also really surprised and impressed with uh, David Lowry's Ain't Them Bodies Saints. Yes. Um, I thought that was terrific. Uh, I think he's a director to watch. I'm really excited what he what he does uh, yeah. following this, and I hope this film does does really well because it was absolutely great. Right, I, I totally agree with you on Ain't Them Bodies Saints. Uh, kind of reminded me of like. Malik meets uh, Andrew Dominic. Uh, yeah, the way it was, it was, it was made. Um, totally. Yeah, and Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck are are great, but I really love Ben Foster in that movie. I, I just, yeah. I, I think mean, he's he's always been yeah. one of my favorites. And I keep waiting for him to get that role where he gets an Oscar or something. Oh and yeah, totally. I don't know if he'll get it for this, but if he does, he he deserves to be talked about for best supporting already. Yeah, at least in my opinion. <laughs> With with this and his role in Kill Your Darlings as William S. Burroughs. Yes. They're so different. I mean, he, yeah, they're so different, but he's such a versatile actor. I would like I his his prime will come. Yeah. He's he's overdue for it. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. Well, Matt, uh it was great having you on here to talk about Sundance. We're gonna have yeah, to have you back on the show again soon. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Travis. And uh, uh and you writing for Cinespect and anywhere else we can find your stuff at? Uh the Week magazine. Uh mm-hmm. theweek dot com. Um, those are the two two places where I'm writing for. All right. Well, I appreciate cool. it, man. I will talk to you again soon. I will see you at a All screening right. probably in the next few days. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. All right. No, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Bye. All right, bye. All right, that was Matt Cohen of Cinespect and the Week. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk. We're going to talk a little news, uh, and and you know a, a certain movie franchise that uh that you may have heard of called Star Wars. Uh, We'll be right back. Well, here we are again. Just you and me. I don't need a friend. Maybe two or three. That's me, myself, and I. Happiness will be a while until I remember how to freestyle right. Man, I see bland faces floating next to me. Is this my destiny? Or I might throw up to lose the recipe Man, I sure can't stay inside my head and play dead Like Night of the Living White Dread Want to be angry, but then seem frightened Sort of reminiscent of Clash of the Teen Titans I used to have a girlfriend But it was time to go Yes, and let's look at what's coming out on DVD next week it's going to be a busy one, man. I don't know if I'm going to have any money left in the bank after this Tuesday. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns Part 2. This is the animated version of the awesome, classic Batman story uh, from Frank Miller. Uh, that comes out on DVD and Blu-ray next week. Seven Psychopaths. Um, the next film from uh, 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 the guy who did In Bruges, and his name just totally blanked in my head. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this one stars Sam Rockwell and Christopher Walken and... Uh, and Colin Farrell. Uh, I love this movie a lot. I thought there were some issues that it had, kind of narratively. It kind of gets a little too cute. But uh, with the cast that this one has, it's just it's too hard. It's it's, it's not going to be terrible. Uh, Hotel Transylvania, the animated film with Adam Sandler. It was kind of blah to me. Paranormal Activity 4. Uh, the Cold Light of Day. This was kind of the introduction for a lot of people to Henry Cavill. Um, this has him teaming up with Bruce Willis in kind of a stock action thriller. Uh, it's actually kind of bad, to be honest. Uh, the Awakening, which is part of that package of horror movies that all came out around the same time that I can't keep straight. Uh, this one starred Rebecca Hall. That's the only way I can tell it apart. Um, all Superheroes Must Die, uh, which is kind of a superhero horror movie. Uh, a bunch of heroes get trapped in a saw-like uh, killer maze. Uh, and there's a 25th anniversary of Flight of the Navigator. Uh, coming out on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, this is a classic childhood film uh, that's being remade by Colin Trevorrow, the guy who did Safety Night Guaranteed. So I have no doubt that part of the reason it's coming out is because that movie's getting remade right now. I have no doubt whatsoever. All right, but seriously, though, there's really no news that compares to what happened just a couple of days ago. While I was in the air, actually, while I was flying back over to the uh, word came out that J.J. Abrams is going to be directing Star Wars Episode 7. Yes, it's finally over. The questions are over. Now it's time to get down to business. 
Uh, Abrams is going to be taking it over. Um, but he's still going to be sticking around for the Star Trek franchise. I don't know how he's going to do that. He's going to be producing the next Star Trek film after Star Trek Into Darkness. And he's also going to stick around for Mission Impossible. So basically, look, nobody should have that much power, alright? He's basically in charge of three of the most powerful franchises in Hollywood right now. Uh, so I don't know how he's going to do that. Along with his TV work, they're going to have to add an extra hour to the day for him to be able to get any kind of sleep. It's just not possible. Um, so as we know, Star Wars is going to be written by Michael Hart. Uh, console consulting on the film will be Lawrence Cassidy, who did The Empire Strikes Back, and also Simon Kinberg and Sherlock Holmes. Uh, we had heard that they were going to be doing... Uh, some work on the future scripts, but they're actually going to be consulting on this one as well. That's a hell of a creative team right there. All more, all the more reason to be excited. Um, so yeah, uh, the only thing is that now it sounds like agents may push back the, the release date. Disney had wanted it around 2015, but uh, you know he he's probably going to push it back maybe a year or so. He did the same thing with Star Trek Into Darkness, if you recall. Paramount wanted it for 2012, but uh, he said he was going to do it at his own pace, the way he wants to do it, and so it's not coming out until later this year. So, I kind of like that, though. I think that's cool. I think I like, I like think it's the fact that uh, he's willing to put himself out there and say he's only going to make this movie under his own terms. Not every director would do that. Not every filmmaker would do that. And frankly, not every filmmaker gets that opportunity to do that. The fact that Disney and Lucasfilm are willing to let Abrams make that kind of decision just goes to show you how badly they really want him to be directing this movie. So there's reason to be excited all around from every angle. So this is good news. Very good news. Um, a couple other things real quick. Uh... Anna Paquin, Sean Ashmore, and Ellen Page are coming back for X-Men Days of Future Past. This is the sequel to X-Men First Class. Uh, if you recall, they played um, Rogue and Iceman and Kitty Pride in the previous X-Men movies. Uh, so this just goes to further show that the X-Men universe is going to be an interconnected one. This is going to be something of a follow-up to X-Men The Last Stand. Um, now, the story, we all know, is also a time travel tale um, that takes place in both the future and the present. So there's a lot of things that Brian Singer can be doing here um, to either reboot the X-Men franchise or just meld them and maybe even bring back a few of the characters that Brett Ratner killed off in his shitty X-Men The Last Stand. So let's see what happens there. Uh, we are uh, Hugh Jackman's coming back. Uh, Patrick Stewart is confirmed confirmed back, and same with Ian McKellen. Uh, so that's a lot of the old crew coming back for this one. I'm just curious if Rebecca Romaine is going to come back to old Mystique. That's what I want to know. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is there. She's a shapeshifter. She can do whatever she wants. But I want to see Rebecca Romaine come back. That's what I want. Uh, lastly, Nick Matthews, a commercial director, uh, is in talks to direct a live-action version of Robotech. Robotech is probably my favorite cartoon ever. I watched it every day as a kid. This is the 1980s uh, anime series uh, set in the future where the Earth is, has uh, found an alien spacecraft and used it to build all sorts of technology. Uh, which they then need to use to defend themselves from alien invasions over and over again. Uh, it's a fantastic series, mainly because it goes so deep into the characters. You have all these really uh, complex interpersonal relationships that, that really drive it. It's more than just about fighting aliens and spaceships and stuff. That's what makes it great. Um, I've been worried about a live-action movie about, uh, about Robotech for a long time. I, I actually don't want to see it happen. Um, and this kind of actually makes me even more worried because I don't know this Nick Matthew guy. He, he did a couple of really cool-looking commercials using CGI, and that's fine. But to me, I, I'd rather see somebody a little bit more experienced. So, I don't know. This this worries me a little bit. Um, but look, the thing is, it's going to happen. So there's nothing I can do about it. 
So I might as well just hope this Matthew guy can pull it off and hope that he becomes, he falls in the long line of other commercial directors who have done well. You know, there have been a few of them, especially lately, who have been able to pull off some, some big hits. So, you know, fingers crossed on that one. All right. It's time to wrap up the show. I got the Royal Rumble coming on in just a few minutes here. I need to get going. Uh, as I always say, there's no reason to see anything terrible at the movies, and you got a lot of options every week. Um, right now, I would say your best options, go check out Parker. Jason Statham and Jennifer Lopez are great in it. Uh, go check out Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Solid action. It's actually fun. You know, it's a good, 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 good. And check out Ted. It's it's older, but a uh, charming little film. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.